everybody. This is Cece with Talk for Freedom, and we've got Chuck Paul. And you've this is you're joining our third session of Talk for Freedom on the topic of human trafficking, um, just the whole topic itself. So one of the things that we are going to talk about in this topic is the state of Texas and our ranking when it comes to this issue. So Chuck's going to tell us a little bit about some of those statistics. We've got some. Texas is a great state. We've got some awesome things that go on here in Texas we're known for, like Whataburger. Yes. <laughs> but one of the things we don't want to be known for is human trafficking. And unfortunately, as the rankings stand now, we come in second place in the nation. So Chuck, tell us a little bit about that. So we are second. Uh, first in the nation is California right now. And we sit up on the top rankings with states like California, Florida, and believe it or not, Ohio. And one of the reasons why we are second in the nation is that it is estimated over 25% of all victims in the entire country pass through Texas. And a lot of it has to do with our major highway system. We actually have the main domestic route for trafficking of persons in the entire country is Interstate 10. And the reason why is because Interstate 10 goes all the way from the Pacific Ocean to the Atlantic Ocean. It crosses through major cities like uh, Houston and Atlanta, which are now number one and number two in the country for sex trafficking. Yeah. Houston being number one and Atlanta being number two. It's not very far from major cities like, it's not very far off of I-10 to go to Las Vegas, to go into San Diego, into Los Angeles. These are, these are all accessible as routes off of I-10. Then going back across the East Coast, you get cities like... Uh, down into Florida and to Georgia. I mean, these are all major routes. And not very far at all to go south from I-10 into New Orleans. Do you think about where all these different cities are at? Yeah. Well, then you add Texas to the fact that we have Interstate 35 that goes all the way from Canada to Mexico, and it crosses right here in our city of San Antonio. Yeah. Literally, city of San Antonio is where I-10 and I-35 intersect. So victims are passing through these two those two highways, and they're passing through our city of San Antonio as well as our state of Texas. Well, because our state of Texas is so big and so prosperous, we have people with disposable income here. Right. And then we have a high population of people that don't have very much income. Yeah. And anytime you have a mixture of the haves and have-nots, you're going to have criminal elements that want to access the resources of the haves by exploiting the have-nots. Mm -hmm. And that's where we run into the situation where we have a high level of trafficking. Now, internationally, you have the international victims here because of the border. Right. Uh, this is a main transit hub route, Texas, throughout the entire country. And a lot of times those are people with chronic, chronic unemployment and poverty. Uh, they don't have a whole lot of social mobility. So they come over here because they're lured about promises of employment into the United States. And immediately they have their travel documents uh, taken from them. They're isolated because they don't speak the language. They're threatened with law enforcement because they believe they're going to be exploited. I mean, they're going to be exported, ex deported, and so they're then exploited. Yeah. And this is something as anything from having them work in brothels, and brothels do exist here. Mm -hmm. Anyone that doesn't think there's no brothels in Texas or in the United States, I would ask you this. Are there cantinas or bars or strip clubs right. or massage parlors in your city? Well, if those things exist in your city, then you have brothels. Yeah. Um, those are modern-day brothels. Those huh? are modern-day brothels, and yeah. that's where brotheling occurs. 
So these, these elements do exist, as well as the internet where, you know, victims can be ordered to you. And, you know, you may be noticing, you may be profiting from human trafficking and not even know it, because mm -hmm. sometimes traffickers, well, often traffickers work in business, have their victims working in businesses that we don't even know that they're working there. Like the food service business. That person working back in that kitchen may be working because they're in debt bondage. They may not actually be paid to be there. Right. There may be five social security numbers associated with that restaurant that you're at and the employees there's over 19 employees there well you know some people there are working off the books but they may be a debt bondage working there they may be sleeping in the storeroom you don't know and this is where if you see something you have to report it to the professionals yeah. but these traffickers we talk a lot about the trafficking victims and what they look like but we really haven't talked about how the traffickers do this. A lot of us have got to be asking ourselves, how do the traffickers do this? Yeah. Are you curious about that, Cece? I am. Yeah. Tell me. So, all right. Fact of the matter is, if a bad guy was to approach any one of us and say, well, I'm going to use you as a slave, mm -hmm. what would your reaction be? Uh, no. <laughs> no, you're not. Right. You'd call the police, right? Right. You'd run away. Well, Again, these guys are master manipulators. Yeah. These are not stupid people. These are master manipulators. So they come in initially with what we call Romeo style. And mm -hmm. what Romeo style is, is that they're pretending to be something that they're not. They're pretending to be a friend. They're pretending to be someone who cares. They're promising the world. And they're engaging them sometimes in a romantic relationship, sometimes in a friendship, sometimes in the rescuer mode. Oh, you're homeless. You're a single mom. You've got two kids. You're trying to find a place to stay because you want your kids to be warm because it's wintertime. And this guy who's going to provide you a place to stay. Then he's going to feed your kids. Then he's going to give you some warm clothes to wear. And he may hook you up with, you know, medics of basic medical care. And then he's going to tell you, you owe me. Mm-hmm. And he may start out with him having sex, having sex with you, but then he wants you to have sex with his friends. Right. And suddenly you find yourself in a position where you're being enslaved, and you say, "I'm going to leave," and he says, "No, you're not, because I have your kids." Yeah. And these guys do use their kid, these children, as a way to manipulate an individual. Yeah. But he romances her. He Romeo's her. Right. But eventually, these traffickers want to replace all your support systems. Because they want to be the only support system you have. They want to create a codependent, co interdependent, codependent relationship between you and them. Right. And, and that's where they become the sole provider of everything. Your food, your shelter, your clothing, your love and attention. Yeah. And this whole time they're enticing you mm -hmm. and they're giving you some gifts, but then they're taking away some gifts. Well, this is the daddy pimp, the daddy phase. Mm -hmm. They've replaced your parents. They replaced your spouse. They replaced your friends. They are the be all. They use the term daddy specifically to say, I am your father figure. I am the, the beginning and end for you. Right. So we've got the Romeo who romances, and then we've got the daddy who plays the daddy figure. Right. And so I also just want to make this statement out there that, you know, for us, you know, 
maybe the audience out there is wondering, like, how do these people not know that they're being manipulated or trafficked? Well, when they call for help or when they finally make an attempt to tell somebody about what they're experiencing, they don't identify themselves as human trafficking victims because they don't even know the term. They don't even know what that means. Um, they've been so manipulated and so um, coerced into what they're experiencing now that that we know that because it's textbook material, right? And that's the term that we identify this behavior with. But they don't know that. They just know that they're doing this because someone told them they love them or someone told them, hey, I'm giving you a place to stay or, hey, you're doing me this favor for my friend or whatever. So, uh, you know, if you're listening and you're wondering how can you be so naive, it's, it's, it's a, an emotional need that's being met. It's, um, you know, manipulation that's happening. It's, it's not that simple for them to identify themselves as, hey, something's going on here. Right. A lot of times these are the same, these techniques that these traffickers use, the same thing we see in cults, mm -hmm. same thing we see in domestic violence situations, same thing we even see in concentration camps. These guys know what hierarchies of needs are and they meet those hierarchies of needs. They understand the psychology and the sociology behind motivation for human, human beings. Right. And they utilize that. But eventually the gorilla pimp's going to come out. And that's the pimp that's the punisher mm -hmm. who's going to use physical discipline. Or maybe even discipline might be, you didn't make your quota today of $2,000 in sales. So now you're going to go shoot this pornographic video that's going to be extremely violent. Yeah. And you're going to have multiple people assaulting you on there so we can sell this video to make that your daily quota. Well, you know you have to make your money. Yeah. So you're willing to hustle it out there to make your money instead of being assaulted. These individuals are utilizing this, these techniques because they're going to manipulate these persons. And, and like you said, people don't understand they're being manipulated until when they finally do, they say, hey, wait a minute, light goes off, something's wrong, I right. need to escape this. Well, what is it? Well, I remember why I talked about we didn't have the systems in place, we don't have a lot of money for services? Right. Mm -hmm. Well, the traffickers tell these individuals, you're, you're, you're trash, you're garbage. Yeah. And then they give them rewards. Mm -hmm. And then they mistreat them. And then they give them more rewards. And that system of reward and punishment is called trauma bonding. Mm -hmm. And then the trafficker says, no one else can love you. But then the person finally steps up and goes to ask for help. They ask policemen for help. They ask a social worker for help. Well, if there's no resources for help, and this policeman has to protect you and get you safe, but you tell him them about you've been engaged in these acts, and along the lines, you've engaged in criminal acts because you were forced to. Right. Well, now this officer's only option to make you safe is to put you in jail. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Who sounds like they told the truth on this one? Yeah. The bad guy. Right, the bad guy. Because you're being put into jail because there's no resources for you. Right. And it's not because the cop's trying to be mean. No. It's literally, where are they going to go? They can't go home with the officers. Yeah. They can't sleep at the police station. The social worker, what are they, who are they going to call? Yeah. Where are you going to go? That's why it's so important for different organizations to have things in place. Here in San Antonio, we're lucky. We recently had the Central Segudo that was opened up that we work, you and I worked with, with, uh, with the Air, Alamo Area Coalition Against Trafficking to help 
to help get the organizations like this up. Right. And this is a drop-in center that is also a placement for juvenile victims here in San Antonio. Well, it's, there aren't very many resources. There's only one long-term place for these children to go in the entire state of Texas, and that's Freedom Place. Yeah. And once they're very few, you know, two dozen beds fill up, that's it. And as of last year, there was a report that came out that said there's 300,000 adult victims in the state of Texas and 79,000 juvenile victims. That two dozen beds is just not enough. Right. Yeah. So, as a professional, would you know what you were looking for if somebody came in front of you? You mean to be trafficked or if someone if started to tell me some things about what they were experiencing? Well, someone started to tell you something they were experiencing. Um, I want to say yes, but then I'm not sure. You know, it, it it's a touchy subject and there's so many things to look out for, right? I mean, it, it could be anywhere. If you're at a restaurant, right? if you are at church, if you are at your children's school. Um, but but I think the bottom line is to be aware, like to always have your spidey senses on, right? right. And to, to pick up on certain words, certain cues, um, even simple things like clothing. Um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, my children are teenagers, and so I'm, I, they hear about this all the time. And I'm always mentioning if you see certain behavior in some of the people at your school, things like that. Um, and actually, at my daughter's school, there's been a few victims that come out that have been trafficked. Um, and, you know, she'll mention to me, so-and-so is wearing this kind of clothes now or things like that. And so I get really... You know, my ears just kind of perk up because I want to dig into that and know more about it. But I don't know. I don't know that I would know, Chuck. Um, I I know about this subject. I know enough about it where I could identify someone. Um, and I and I really hope that I could if someone came up to me and said, "Here's what's happening. Here's the situation I've been put in." Um, you just become very. I, I'd rather be oversensitive about it and report it than not then not report it and sleep on it and not be able to sleep on, you know, because I knew that they came up to me with something. And see, that's what we call the ABCs of trafficking. And you're someone who, who volunteers in this field and, and helps lead an organization in this field. And even you're saying, I don't know if I'm unsure. That's right. why my Red Flags course I talked about is so important. Yeah, It's an online course that you, we talked about in the initial segment that you can go to my website, Chuck Paul LLC, click on Red Flags, and you can take that course. It's a two-hour-long course that you can take five minutes at a time, load on your phone, share with your friends and family. It's an awesome course. It's going to help you understand the awareness, A, behaviors, B, and communication, C, that are associated with human trafficking cases. But let's take your typical medical professional. Mm -hmm. Your typical medical professional may be treating a human trafficking victim and not even know it. They may be treating someone for malnutrition, dehydration, or personal, you know, an infection due to personal hygiene. Maybe they think they're homeless or on the streets. Yeah. And, and this person has some kind of sexually transmitted disease and some injuries that are kind of unexplained or some untreated chronic illnesses. Yet there's that demanding boyfriend that's out in the waiting room that you had to force to leave out, out in the waiting room. Right. And he seems to be trying to be very controlling. Well, you've actually got a trafficking victim there, and you don't even realize it. Yeah. These are some basic signs that you can learn. The reason why their hygiene's so bad is because they're moving from person that's raping them to person that's raping them. These traffickers are only worried about money. Right. 
um, sexually transmitted diseases and the signs of assault because they're having to commit, they're having to engage in sex acts, which again, I said, these are the same things these people see on pornography. And they're going to be utilizing restraints and they're going to be, choking is the big one. Choking is, is a primary, like grab marks on the neck. For some reason, choking uh, is, uh, is an erotic asphyxiation is associated with sexual violent sex acts. Mm-hmm. Um, so these, as a medical professional, if you know these signs, you can react to those signs. Right. Banking professionals, yeah, you work in the banking industry. Mm-hmm. You know, you may have a young woman that's coming in there and she's m- utilizing a banking account, and you notice that all these transactions are coming from people that also have accounts in your in your bank, people with resources, professionals, but they all these transactions say massage, flowers, massage, flowers. And they're moved around between their various different accounts, but the money's initially loaded on these prepaid, prepaid uh, credit cards right. and then moved back into the, these other accounts. And as you see this same young woman coming in and the way she's dressed in flip-flops and clothing, she doesn't match this amount of money moving back and forth between the banking system. Yeah. But she's the one making the withdrawals because the trafficker's not going to walk in there and make those withdrawals for cash because you got cameras in that bank. Right. And he's going to have that victim come make, pull that money out and put money in when he does have cash deposits and withdrawals. So these are things as a, as a professional, I just gave you two fields yeah. of areas that you can be aware of. Law enforcement also needs to be aware of these, these appearance behaviors and communications that are involved. And like I said, you can learn those um, online. Right as well as we can provide more information on that if our listeners are interested. But what do you do if you're suspicious, Cece? What do you do? You call 911. Right. Yeah. Call 911. Yeah. I know there, there's been some recent training um, with 911 to where if you mention the word trafficking, they immediately get involved and call the right resources to be able to come out and assess the situation or even just take notes. But I know that you were mentioning um, to me about some new resources like apps where you can have on our, on our phone where we can take information down. I think the most important thing that we all need to know is that we need to be detectives, right? You know, take down some specific information like whereabouts if you happen to get a car's license plate number or specific color of clothing, approximate age, you know, facial features like that. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that? So one of the things I like to ask people to do is, is first off, call 911. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I like to warn people is don't approach these bad guys. Yeah, that's don't important. A, don't approach the victim. Don't approach the bad guy. I know that there's some listeners out there that are some very big men that probably know how to handle themselves very well. Right. I maybe even have some Green Berets listen to this. I'm going to tell you right now, these individuals that traffic these children and women, that traffic people, they're armed. Right. And they usually have spotters out there. So you may think you're dealing with one individual and there's three or four around that area. Yeah. They're armed, they're aggressive, and they don't mind hurting someone to get, because you're trying to take money away from them. Right. We have a situation here in San Antonio where this man was beating up this girl in an HEB parking lot, in a grocery store parking lot. Mm-hmm. And this woman saw it, and she grabbed this young woman and put her, this child, put her in her car. And she had her own child in the car, and she raced away. Well, this guy and his friends chased her down, ran her off the road, and beat her up as they were pulling her through her own window, and the girl ran away. And that's where the police actually got called. Yeah. 
And you can be assaulted, you can be harmed. So right. I tell people, call 911, be a professional witness. Right. Now, a lot of people, when they call 911, they get very upset because they're waiting, they're, they're expecting that the, the, the dispatcher keeps asking them questions and right. they're thinking that they have to qualify police coming by answering questions. No, as long as you say the word trafficking, dispatchers are trained. As soon as they hear the word trafficking, they're sending officers out. But they're relaying to the officers the information they get from you because they know that the possibility of the situation changing by the time the police get there is very high. Right. So you have to be a detective, like you said, Cece. Mm -hmm. Answer those dispatchers' questions. This vehicle in this direction. I'm at this hotel in this hotel room. This is what I see. Don't be namby-pamby about it. When you think you're seeing trafficking, don't say, I think I'm seeing something. Straight up say the word trafficking. As right. soon as you say sex trafficking or human trafficking, the dispatcher's ears are going to pop up, and they're going to start sending the police in your direction. Yeah. So once you get that information to the police... Then I ask people to call the National Human Trafficking Resource Center, which is 1-888-373-7888. Or for those who are tech savvy, just put it into your phone, 233-733. Text be free. Yeah. The reason why I ask you to call the National Human Trafficking Resource Center is, is because I guarantee you that, that those specific officers that are responding may not be your local experts on trafficking. Mm-hmm. And probably at the time you called the detective who's a local expert on trafficking, that's probably the one day he took a vacation day <laughs> and he's not available. Because it seems to be that's always when it happens. But the folks there at National Human Trafficking Resource Center, they collect the data that gets out to the professionals that need the data, but they probably also have the personal cell phone number of your local expert. Right. So he can be notified. So he can let that patrol officer that's responding know, hey, this is the information I need to do my criminal investigation when I get back from my vacation. You know, because of course, you know, everybody has to have a day off. Right. Or let's say the officer's somewhere else in another case. I'm just giving that as an example. But I also like to tell people about, and we talked about the apps. So here in Texas, um, there's an app for the, the Texas Department of Public Safety. And what that app does is that app specifically provides information to the Texas Department of Public Safety Fusion Center. So first off, let me explain what the Fusion Center is. Um, in every single part of the country, there's things called Fusion Centers. And fusion centers are places where law enforcement deconflicts cases. So let's say you have your local police department, your sheriff's department, your state police, and your federal police all in one area. And they're all working on Mr. John Smith. Well, if they all report to one central area that we're all working cases on John Smith, then they're not stepping on each other's toes. But the other nice thing about fusion centers is fusion centers take little itty-bitty, teeny, tiny bits of information and help put it together with other bits of tiny bits of information to develop cases for right. law enforcement. So here in Texas, you can actually go to the Texas Department of Public Safety and download their mobile app, and that's a dps.texas.gov backslash mobile app. And you can get that mobile app where you can also look and see what kind of crimes are happening in your area as well as document inf bits of information. Like, I have this suspicious apartment in my apartment complex where guys are coming in and out of all weird hours of the day and night. I don't see anything else, but this is all I see. Mm -hmm. That little bit of information might meet what the building manager is seeing. Well, I saw two girls going in there. Or, you know, I see seeing guys with business suits coming in and out. And those little bits of information will build up in something bigger. But you can also get things like uh, 
training through your local law enforcement, ask them to come down and train you. But you want to make sure that you've got apps like, there's another app called Traffic Cam. Have you ever heard of Traffic Cam? Yes. Tell us more about it. You want me? Okay. Traffic Cam is an app that goes with the National Human National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. What Traffic Cam is, is it's an app that you load on your phone. And everybody here knows how to take pictures with their phone. Right. Well, when you go to a hotel room, let's say you're at business, you're on vacation, or you're whatever, whatever, you go into your hotel room, you open up your Traffic Cam app. It asks you what hotel you're in, what what's your road number. And then it tells you four take four pictures, and it gives you suggestion what four pictures to take, usually from the door to the back of the hotel, standing in front of the usually from a shot of the mirror area, what's behind the mirror area there in the uh, bathroom, because you know everybody takes pictures in the mirror. Yeah. But you don't want to take a picture yourself, but you can take one off to the side. Right. And then one of the bed, because a lot of times when traffickers advertise from hotel rooms, they take pictures of the girl standing in the mirror, the, the bed with money on the bed, or the girl on the bed. That goes to the National Center for Missing Exploited Children, which is a great resource when a child goes missing. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I suggest to all parents that not only do you call the police if the child goes missing and caregivers, but you should also call the National Center for Missing Exploited Children. Yeah. They have resources comparable to that of the FBI. Right. And it's free. Mm-hmm. And they're going to blast out tons of information online to help find and locate your child. Well, this, one of the resources they have is they have access to that traffic cam data. So that when you send them a picture of the missing child, they can use facial recognition software to look for pictures of their child on the Internet. And then that, let's say their child's photograph, their face shows up on a picture of them in a hotel room on a bed. Mm-hmm. Well, because of traffic cam app, maybe someone that went on vacation two years ago took a picture of their hotel room, and now they're able to match the background of the picture of that missing child with that traffic cam photograph. Right. And they're able to say, Susie's at this hotel, and send the police to go pick her up. Yeah. Some really awesome stuff. Um, I, I love to hear how things like this are developed because somebody felt compelled to use their skills and their talents to create something like this. Um, you know, we've got a lot of different resources in the state of Texas and in San Antonio, but it just seems like it's never enough. Like, there's so much work to be done in this particular field uh, against the issue of human trafficking. Um, so we get to work together with um, other partners that we have through ACAT here locally. Um, and some of those places include Rape Crisis Center and, like you said, Centro Seguro. We've got other locations as well. Um, the Refuge Ranch is one of our partners up in Austin. Um, they just broke ground, but they'll be having some services that are provided as well. Uh, Arrow Freedom Place, and for our listeners, we'll have all of these up on our websites and on our social media pages so that you can make note of who they are. Um, but I really want to stress on how this whole Um, issue of human trafficking is everyone's problem. Every single person can contribute something to this issue. If there is a place that you are interested in volunteering with, everyone can take your help. Um, If you've got resources, uh, you know, financial resources that you're able to contribute to some of these locations, I know every single place can take them. Um, If you've got special skills like technical skills that that, um, you're willing to contribute to, there's a lot of need for that. Um, databases that can be put together, apps that can be put together. There, 
anything and everything. If you are a financial institution that needs to learn more about how um, you know trafficking happens on, on the money scene, there's a lot of resources that we can help you connect you to with that as well. Um, if you have any questions, please let us know. We definitely want to know what your questions are. Um, there is no, there's 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 a vast variety of topics that we could come up with because human trafficking is so huge and so broad. But we're trying to give you the basics here. We're trying to give you what first of all defining what it is, what it looks like here locally, what it looks like in Texas, um, internationally, how it affects us locally. And what to look for, and then we want to we we shared who to contact if you feel like you've seen something. And in all cases that I've spoken to law enforcement, they all say the same thing: if you see something, say something. We're always driving that on our social media pages. If you feel like you've seen something, please say something. Um, you you know, law enforcement always comes back and says we would rather have a hundred cases that we investigate and find nothing on than missing that one case that we could have helped to solve. Um, Chuck gave you some some things on uh, certain apps where you can kind of help piece cases together. Uh, one thing I would say is if you report something, don't get impatient about not seeing results right away. There are so many things that have to come together. This is like puzzle pieces coming together to form a big picture before the traffickers are actually caught. But you, your piece of information will always help in, in, that, in cases. So Chuck, thank you again for joining us. Is, is there anything that you want to add to everything we've already mentioned? Sure, I'd like to give you some information on some of those uh, websites and, and apps. So the Traffic Cam app is spelled T-R. A-F-F-I-C-K-C-A-M, and that's Traffic Cam, and that'll help you look up that app when you go to try to find it on, on your app store. Uh, now, the National Center for Missing Exploited Children, you can get more information there. A ton of information is available there at missingkids.com. Mm -hmm. They have a checklist that you can use if your child does go missing that gives you step-by-step -step process of what you should do. They also have something out there called NetSmart Kids, which is a wonderful online tool for training your children. And again, my website, you can go and get information there as well. Send me things you'd like to hear about. Right. Ask me questions at yeah. chuckpaulllc.com. So these are all available resources. Please reach out and thank you. Thank you.